0: The Curious Story of the Hypnotist's Christmas Tree by Adam Maxwell for www.adammaxwell.com You have to swear to me that you won't forget, my girlfriend Tracy had said. Swear to me. I swear to you I won't forget, I replied dutifully. Mum's present, Christmas tree for work. Say it. I'm not a child. It's important. Mum's present, and if I impress my boss with a big enough tree, you never know. So, say it. Your mum's present, the bloody Christmas tree for your bloody work. Brilliant. You're a star. She kissed me, and started to walk towards the lobby of her office.
1: And it's not just my job on the line if you forget,
0: she shouted so everyone around could hear. It's our relationship too. Winking at me, she kissed her fingertips and mimicked blowing the kiss to me, a personal joke that was wasted on the circling crowds. I turned around and began walking in the direction of the shops and my left foot slid on the icy, ungritted pavement. I caught myself, rebalanced and moved on as quickly as I dared. The gaudy tat for the future mother-in-law was first on the list. I rummaged in my overcoat pockets for the receipts as I reached the shop, but it was hidden within wrappers, papers and tissues, all of which chose that moment to hurl themselves to the four winds. The receipt with the distinctive logo fluttered towards the floor. I reached forward, but it wasn't to be. The wind sent it spinning behind me. Bending down to retrieve it, the door of the shop snapped open, struck me on the hip and sent me crashing downwards. I landed on my arse and slid backwards on the ice, spinning in two neat circles before coming to an abrupt stop as my spine made contact with a nearby lamppost.
1: ''The astounding Martin Lazar's I live and breathe,''
0: said a voice I knew only too well.
1: ''I'm so sorry, my dear man. Please, let me help you.''
0: The great Jerry Spagnolo, the man who'd just sent me sliding, was a hack hypnotist a purveyor of cheap parlour tricks with no conscience or credibility and whose only purpose in life seemed to be to get the gigs, prestige and fame that belonged to me. You see, I am a proper entertainer. Yes, I use hypnosis, but my act is practically art. I have this one review that even says that. Unfortunately, this jade trickster always seemed to be one step ahead of me. Terry Castle, I said. For that was his name. Now then, Martin,
1: there's no need to be like that. It was an accident.
0: Accident? I stood up and patted myself down. Hardly.
1: Now, now, I didn't see you there bending
0: down. Bending down. That was a good point. If I lost the receipts Tracy had given me, there would be hell to pay. I glanced around to see if I could spot them.
1: Looking for these?
0: Asked the great Spagnolo, Raising a plucked eyebrow, he held up the two receipts. Give me them, I said, and reached out to snatch them, but he was too quick and snapped them back.
1: Let's see what they are, shall we?
0: Without his glasses, he needed to hold them away from his body. Squinting, he read them aloud, one by one, as I stood and indulged his playground routine. First, the tat brooch for her, ma'am, was duly mocked. Then he came to the tree.
1: Just what I need, actually. A Christmas tree.
0: Don't be childish, Jerry. I couldn't let the idiot do this. Childish? Hardly. Tell you what. He grinned a grin I didn't like the look of.
1: You're always a great pains to tell everyone how much better you are at the old mesmeric arts. So why don't we have a little contest? Winner gets the tree.
0: I'd had enough. I lunged forward once more to grab the receipts, and the ice caught me again. My feet went forward and slid into Spagnuolo, toppling him toward me. I rectified myself easily by shooting out my right hand. Unfortunately, my flat palm hit the great Jerry in the face and burst his nose wide open. Well, I say unfortunate, but perhaps that isn't the right word. You're on, I said, snatching the receipts stepping over him into the jewelers and that was that the game was afoot or it nearly was the game had to be briefly paused to allow me to collect the Mamtat tat and to be hurled bodily out of the store by a hypnotized security guard who believed me to be a mountain goat you had to respect spagnolo's style the bastard When Christmas struck Kilchester, it struck like a drunken tornado. It was as if a wood chipper had been turned on and it was spewing people, spraying them into the air and having them land directly in my path. When I tried to walk on the path, in the road, attempted to ride the bus, and even when I resorted to a trip on the underground, everywhere I was plagued by people, crushed together and slowly, slowly moving forward, seemingly without purpose or shopping agenda. By the time I reached my destination, Spagnolo had been afforded ample opportunity to slide in and succeed ahead of me. I wasn't worried. I knew I was better than that greasy great twat, and this was going to prove it. The Christmas trees were being sold from what was usually a small car park. Through an insane quirk of bureaucracy, it had been handed over to this festive forest, denying desperate shoppers a place to park their overburdened transport. Occasionally a car would try to plough through the small shed that had been erected as a makeshift home for the attendant and would slide to a halt on the ice inches from demolition. The reason I knew this was the attendant had told me it was the very reason he'd stopped going in there, for health reasons as he put it. I told him why I was there and he nodded and took the receipt Tracy had given me. He looked at it carefully then thanked me and began quietly clucking like a chicken. I watched for a few seconds, drinking it in with creeping disappointment. I'd really, really hoped for better than this. His head bobbed forward with a He took his hands under his arms, elbows outstretched, and started walking up and down, scratching for grain with his feet. Where's the tree? I said firmly. He paused, cocked his head to one side and stared at me. I stared back resolutely and he clucked appreciatively before starting to walk in what appeared to be a specific direction. Following a few steps behind him, I sensed that all was not as it should be. There was movement in the Christmas trees and I glanced around warily, wondering whether things were going to plan. As I walked... An onion the size of my fist rolled into the path, startling the chicken man, and he fled off out of sight. I stopped and stared as another man came crawling on all fours from between some of the trees. Have you seen my delicious apple? I just... He began, but his eyes saw the onion and picked it up. Never mind. Grinning, he took an enormous bite from the onion, his eyes beginning to tear up as he chewed. That pretty much settled it. Spagnolo had been here. "'I stepped over the onion man and went on my way. "'There was a noise to my left, and I turned to look, "'but as I did, a young woman hurtled at me from the right, "'spinning me around. "'Excuse me,' I said without bothering to try to conceal my irritation. "'She glanced down from my eyes to my midriff and blushed.
1: "'Oh, you're excused, I'm sure, big
0: boy,' she said, "'her hand darting up to cover her mouth. "'Aren't you cold out here without your clothes on?' And so the pattern continued, as my search for the tree continued. It was like the ghosts of shit hypnotists past: The man speaking Swedish like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. A teenage girl flirting with a plastic doll in the mistaken belief it was Brad Pitt. A man playing the trombone really badly, believing in all his heart that he was a maestro. The cacophony of cack just rose and rose until... "'What on earth is going on?' said a voice. I looked over to see it was a man standing in front of the tallest tree in the lot. Standing an enormous fifteen feet high. The tree, not the man. I think I have an idea, I replied. Care to share it? he said. Not really. Are you the astounding Marlin Lazar? Yes, I said. That's my tree. I am your king, sir, and I will assist you. I nodded and waited. He breathed deeply and began to speak, loud and clear in the darkness. Once more, unto the breach, dear friends, once more, he bellowed. Or close the wall up with our English dead. There was a clucking from nearby, and the attendant came into view. This could be the greatest night. We could give someone a fine, fine Christmas, but you... He jabbed a gloved finger at the chicken man. "'You are going to let it be the worst!' The chicken man now stood beside me, watching intently as a post-hypnotically regressed Henry V somehow monologued up a crowd. "'Oh, we're afraid to go with you, sire. We might get into trouble!' "'Well, kiss my royal arse from now on, not me!' I was pretty sure that Shakespeare had written the start of the speech, but the rest was anyone's guess. Still, it was doing the trick. The clichés were coming out of the woodwork, if you'll pardon the pun. "'You and I know that a day may come where the courage of men fails,' he shouted. And as he did, little speckles of spit formed in the corner of his mouth. "'But it is not this day. This day we fight!' they were all here now all of them staring at this lunatic's commanding performance i was certain that henry v had never faced the hordes of mordor but i wasn't going to argue he seemed to be achieving the required result this day we take this enormous tree and we carry it aloft through the streets to its destination and we will spread joy as we go if there is a man or woman here who will not follow me then I will strike down upon them with great vengeance and furious anger. Is there anyone? Silence. Are you with me? And as one they screamed, Yes! Except the bloke with a trombone, but he gave a little of agreement. I got in a taxi, went on ahead, and arrived at my girlfriend's office well before the convoy. So you've got the brooch then, said Tracy, taking it from me and opening it immediately. Oh, it's beautiful. I wasn't sure when I saw it online, but that is spectacular. There was a barely audible thud, thud, thud sound in the distance. I saw Spagnolo there, I said. Oh no, you two didn't get into a fight, did you? The thud, thud, thud was getting louder, and there was a chant that went with it. Not exactly, No. He knocked me over, nicked the receipts for the brooch and the tree. It was the stamping of feet, marching feet, thud, thud, thudding, and the chant had a slightly menacing quality to it. But you got the brooch, she said. What about the tree? Where's the tree, Martin?
1: Never mind Marlon Lazard, did Martin Lester get the tree or not?
0: You could hear what they were saying now, if you knew what to listen for. I did, but Tracy didn't. Hang on, she said, looking off down the street. Is that what that noise is? You better not embarrass me in front of my workmates. I nodded and turned around to see a dozen people, all dressed as Santa Claus and carrying a 15-foot tree. They walked in tight formation, holding up the traffic as they went and marching like an army regiment. Thud, thud, thud went their shoes as they moved forward. Ho! 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 They all screamed in unison, except the bloke with the trombone who was Parting in time. You did this? She was trying to stay mad, but I could see she was going to crack. Not exactly. And I told her what had happened, how, after I broke his nose, I reached for him and put him in a trance with one simple command told her how I'd given him a suggestion, a task to carry out, to hypnotise people, and get me enough little helpers to carry the bloody tree. Oh, and to make sure they looked festive. How he went about it was in his typical hack fashion, but he managed it. And when I was in the taxi, I phoned the local news, and look, I pointed to a cameraman getting out of a car. Publicity for me, and publicity for your lovely business. Bet there's a promotion in it for you, too, if you're lucky. "'And where is he now?' said Tracy. "'He's in the shopping mall, convinced he's Miss World, "'giving a speech, thanking everyone and wishing for world peace. "'She turned to me and smiled her wonderful smile. "'Shame there's no mistletoe,' she said, looking up above us. "'Who says there isn't?' I said, and reached into my coat pocket.